Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Open your hearts. Loosen your butts. It's time for Couples Therapy! Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situationships and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex regrets or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's Everyone and welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Andy. And I'm Naomi. We're a real-life couple. A real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple different questions from a couple different listeners. Naomi, I just saw the new Indiana Jones movie. I rented it on. You did. Yes, and I gotta say, I know why it did not do well in America. Tell it, sis. It did not do well in America because the bad guys are Nazis and the hero is a scientist. Well, that's it. It's a complete inversion of what Americans know. <laughs> what Americans know is that Nazis are everywhere yeah. and scientists are bad guys. Yep. You're right. You're right. That explains so much. Mm. They really should have thought about that before they decided to reboot. Did it make... I think it made... You know, everyone's saying like, oh, movies aren't doing well. I think it just didn't do... It just didn't get like $12 billion. Let's not even get into how the people doing the business don't know nothing about business. You know what you might want to do? What? Not spend $300 million on a single movie. I'm going to tell you that right now. Okay. Naomi, 
if people tune into this podcast to hear Bafo B.O., okay, comments on the box office of different films. If that is not what people tune in for, I don't know what. It's just like so crazy how, you know, the world crumbling has forced me to learn <laughs> shit that I never wanted to know. Like, first of all, COVID got your girl up in here, woman in STEM, learning about <laughs> viral loads and the ventilation required to be safe in a room. It's like, I'm out here trying to do the make ups But you got me <laughs> over here doing the math, trying to figure out how many layers I need to walk into the grocery store. Yeah. Okay, that's step one I'm mad at. Then this whole strike got me out here. You think I knew the name Bob Iger before <laughs> five months ago? You think I... Knew how to pick his blandsome ass out of a lineup. <laughs> blandsome is bland handsome. I mean, the things that have happened. I read an article about Bob Iger handing over the reins of Disney to Bob Chapek. Mm-hmm. Two Bobs. Mm-hmm. And then eventually Bob Iger coming back and taking the reins. Why did I read? I never even watched Succession. And I'm over here learning about the Bobs. <laughs> Don't give me all this information. I wrote on Instagram, I was like, hey, I moved to Los Angeles so that I could write a sitcom about a man who marries a sentient toilet, okay? I did not move here so I could read about wet bulb temperatures (laughs) and flooding, okay? That's not why I'm doing this. And yet, and yet, all I want to do, all I want to do, do you think I am here desperate to, like, tell people to mask? No. 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 The things we've had to do... Just because we're trying to survive. And it's crazy because I say this a lot. You know, I'm somebody, you know, who lives in depression mode. And yet I'm the bitch fighting for survival. Where the rest of y'all? You also up, be happy, joys, and free. You don't want to cover your damn face. I'm trying to understand how I ended up the one at the end of the day. I do at say. At the end of the world. Saying, that, let's live. Uh, I, I got to say that, like, Bree Newsome, Amani Barberin, there are people out there who are just, like, like, forthright and honest, just spitting truth. And I'm just like... You know what? I, I think I want to be more like these folks. Yeah. Even though I do just want to tell jokes about talking toilets. Well, this is the thing I'm really dealing with slash struggling <laughs> with is like, you know, these are all the thoughts that are in my head. And up until now, me as a stand-up, I've used the thoughts in my head mm-hmm. as the basis for the jokes, right? Yes. But the thoughts in my head are so um, rageful, so resentful. You know, I haven't found the comedy yet, right? A big part of the trouble I'm having in terms of, like, I'm doing less shows and stuff is because I have a hard time, one, going unmasked into an indoor space. Sure. But also, my job is to perform for a bunch of people who are willingly and readily and excitedly unmasked in an indoor space. Yeah. Those are the people who I'm mad at. So it's really <laughs> hard to say, get up here and perform for people who you actually don't want to fuck with uh-huh. and people who you want to yell at. Right. It's really, really hard to do that. Like What I'm imagining is like ooh. you dressed like a jester and people poking you with sharp sticks. Exactly. That is the image I exactly. have in my head. I mean, the last show I did, you came to, it was an outdoor show. It was great. And that was fun. You killed it. And it was, thank you. And it was like open air. Like, it was like, you know, and I didn't, and because of that space too, it was like, I didn't feel the need or I didn't feel the presentness of like, let me even do any material relating to COVID or mention it for half a second because I felt like, and it was just nice to feel safe because it wasn't, it was fully just, you know, outside. I was on a stage raised, people were below and it was like, this is as safe as it can be. Um, and even that too, even like beforehand and afterwards, it was like, could you not crowd around me? Like I put my mask back on. I was like fishing for my mask in my purse afterwards. Cause you know, I'm wearing my mask till it's time to get on stage and I take it off. And then I had my purse, and yes, I did have my purse with me on stage. 
And I don't even think I addressed it. Did I address it? Yes, you, of course I you did. did. Okay, because sometimes I'd be forgetting to address it. And then people are like, who is this auntie? Is she really supposed to be on the lineup? Um, so, you came out stage, you had a full plate of food with you. I just said, let me sit down. Is this a free table? I thought the stage was a table, and I was sitting there. I said, sweetheart, table for me? But anyway, that's not even what we wanted to talk about. That's just like where I'm at and how I'm just mad about the fact that I have all this information that I never expected to attain, all in the name of survival be it uh career survival or uh, uh medical ex- existence survival. survival literally like medical survival <laughs> and it's like you don't and it's the thing you don't want you don't want black women knowing too much because we're about to rise the fuck up okay don't have us out here with all the information if you give me all the tools you will only have yourself to blame when i burn it down naomi andy we got <laughs> not to change the you subject can pivot. you can pivot Cause this is where I'm at. Call me Ross in the stairwell, cause we're about to pivot. <laughs> nope, Ross in the stairwell. That's not everyone. A Friends is a huge TV show. I know, but just the phrase Ross in the stairwell. Like if anything, like call me Ross Geller moving a couch, cause I'm about to pivot. That gives me more. You're giving me the whole character name, then I can just Ross in a stairwell. You be no, expecting A to E jump? No, yes, I'm you expecting, expecting people to have that encyclopedia front and center. Uh-huh. Call me Frazier in the studio because I'm listening. That was that was that's easier. okay because his that name was, is yes. just Frazier. Yes, Naomi, we got a couple comments that I want to talk about. Oh from, well, all right. From last episode with Emily V. Gordon. Ooh, I've heard of her. Oh no, that's sorry. That was a court case, <laughs> Emily versus Gordon. <laughs> and let me tell you, Gordon lost. Oh, wow. Uh, do you remember one of the questions was about a white woman who is in a relationship, I believe, married to an Indian man? Yes. And, and his parents were not yes. the ones. Yes. And so yes. she was asking about. How do I deal? Yes. How do I deal? Right. Yeah. And she was Jennifer Love Hewitt saying, how do I deal with you? That's like, hey, you had a reference that was for I don't know how many people. <laughs> that is for I don't know how many people. Anyway, uh, a uh, woman. I, I can't play the whole thing. uh because we don't have enough time, but a woman named Gretchen uh, called in. She's a white woman with Indian in-laws. Okay, so okay. She's, on, she's on the journey, mm-hmm. yeah. She's recommended this. I haven't listened to this, so I can't recommend this. I'm just passing it on. I'm going to assume that it is on the up and up. There is a podcast called Invisible India, which the host talks about issues like that. Okay, okay, okay. Invisible India podcast. I can't, like, if you listen to this and the host is, is says something just like, you know, like Jews don't exist. I can't. I don't right. back. We didn't know that. We didn't. We didn't, we didn't know, know that. that when we I don't back that up. Bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just assuming that our listeners will not send us recommendations for things like that. You can sometimes hope. Like, I assume someone's going to be. No one's going to send me a DM that's like, you know, you should really read the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. All right, <laughs> I'm assuming that's not going to happen. But then we also got this uh, a DM from Anu. Okay, and Anu says this. Ari, the second case on the episode with Emily Gordon. I'm an Indian American woman, Desi as we call ourselves, in an interracial marriage. My family is the opposite of the significant other of the callers and more like the person who called, loving, inclusive, and easygoing. Therefore, while some aspects of the caller's significant other's family can be cultural, and I don't know without specific examples, they otherwise seem to be toxic assholes. <laughs> <laughs> who need to adapt and accept as you advised. Mm-hmm. So it seems more to be the family's personality mm. than the culture. Yes. Her yes. man needs to advocate for her boundaries and prioritize her needs. Yeah. Thanks. 
Ain't mm-hmm. that it? You know what? Anu said, uh uh-uh, uh, this is not my culture. Don't you dare say this to us. They trash. Yeah. And you know what? That's also a very important feedback to Kai. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. I would say probably more often than not, it's uh, specifically that the people are assholes and less that it's the culture. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. But sometimes assholes behind, behind culture. Mm. You know what I mean? When they're clever mm. assholes. Clever assholes. Gaslighting yeah. assholes. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. They'll find a way. Now, Naomi, guess what else we have? What? We haven't had one of these in a while. An update. Oh, thank God. Okay. Sometimes we'll get an update that's like two years late. Yeah. And I don't even remember what the person is updating, so I don't play it. But this, very quick. Very quick. I love it. This is an update from the person. Do you remember in Garode's episode, the woman who was depressed with pets and a boyfriend who works half day shifts? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to read the update, please? Oh, please. Absolutely. Hi, Andy and Naomi. Last week, I felt truly blessed by the podcast gods. You two on I Said No Gifts and a page episode and my voicemail played on the pod. Incredible. Thank you. Thank you to both of you and to Garode for the advice on working from home with needy animals and mental health issues. It really helped to hear that others can identify with my situation. A quick update. Once we all settled into the new house a bit more and got into more of a routine, things got easier. Yes. The dog and I developed a work, walk, play, nap schedule that benefits both of us, which is Mm. essentially what Naomi suggested after speaking the greatest truth of all. Quote, doing things is hard and annoying. End quote. <laughs> Should I, I be on a t-shirt? Yes, I stand by it. The cat, well, is still walking on my keyboard. But now when she somehow creates meetings on my calendar or sends gibberish in group chats, I treat it as a reminder that capitalism is a farce and nothing really matters. <laughs> I did not read the full comment. <laughs> it also helps that my partner, who That's is so now funny. my fiance, okay, yeah. regularly Congrats. acknowledges that what I'm doing is hard and that he's grateful I'm there to take care of the, quote, kids while he's at work. He also does everything he can to tucker out the dog on days when he doesn't work. I obviously still have bad days, but definitely less frequently than when I left that voicemail. Thank you again, and I've t- attached photos of the adorable terrors for your viewing pleasure. I'll show you those oh, later. Oh, swooned. I'll show you those That's, later. Th- okay, this person understands. Mm-hmm. Understands that what we want are pictures of animals. Mm-hmm. Okay? You guys need to be including those all the time. <laughs> in your questions, People in your do. updates. People do. I need to see all of the fur children. And the human children, if they're in a cute outfit. I'll say that. You, yeah. If, if you're really doing something with the baby's look, yes, you could send that along as well. Yeah. If you're Ann Gettysing, then sure. <laughs> then absolutely. We'll take it. Yeah. Now, we're almost at the episode. <laughs> we're almost? Almost at the episode. Before we get there, though, two things. Two. Our wonderful friend, Joe Firestone, our wonderful friend, Joe Firestone, who will be on an upcoming episode. Yes. Has written a book, Murder on Sex Island. And it's exactly what you think it is, all right? It's a mystery. It's Joe Firestone, so you know it's funny. And it is about Luella Van Horn, (laughs) a lady private detective who is called to investigate a murder on a TV show called Sex Island. Do you love it? Now, Joe is serializing this as a podcast. She is reading it like an audio book. Yeah. But... The book comes out in October, October 17th. She's doing pre-orders now, and she needs pre-orders. This is a self-published book, so she needs to pre-orders. Yes. Okay? Yes. You got to pre-order the So book. I'm going to put the link in the show notes, because it is one of the funniest things I've read. It's so good. I've been listening to it in bits and pieces during t- TMS <laughs> sessions. And for TMS, you have to like keep your head still and everything. Yeah. And I literally had to like bite my lip <laughs> to like stop myself. <laughs> 
from like shaking laughing um but also it was like i also did gasp a few times i was like what oh my god <laughs> i and of course me because i'm so annoying i like send joe voice notes of my reactions <laughs> <laughs> so I'm literally like, which is I'm sure every author wants real time responses to their words. Yeah, but. if you're a friend of ours and we're a fan of your work, apologies because we do send people. <laughs> both of us send people like a lot of voice notes. Yeah, a lot text. of live feedback. But it was like it's also like it's tense. I'm like, who done it? But also funny. So it's doing mm-hmm. all murder on Sex Island. The link will be in the show notes. And hey, while you're on the internet, hello, why not sign up for the Patreon? Hello. Andy, thank you for reminding them. $5 a month gets you two bonus episodes. Other fun stuff, like I recently did a Zoom stand-up show just for the page. And uh, that was safe. No rage. No rage. Well, your usual rage. My usual like, rage. No extra rage. I mean, bringing the usual rage right. to the stage. Right. Not, there was no not resentment. Like, yeah, it there wasn't was no like frustration. Right. It wasn't like the center of the sun. Right. right it right, was right, just right. like typical rage. Um, and so that is patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. Join us, won't you? Yeah. If you can. If you can. We're still on strike. <laughs> so, you know, we sadly. understand, of course, the love is always there. But just in case you need a reminder that we do have a Patreon and we got bonus episodes. Also, we're thinking about doing a watch along. This is what, I'm pitching it now. Uh-huh. We're thinking about doing a watch along to one of the Fast and the Furiouses. <laughs> Andy and I have been watching the Fast and the Furious movies. And I was like, maybe we should do a watch along for the page. Do you mean like an episode where we do where we do commentary over it? Or you mean literally like, hey, we're going to do this live? No, an episode where we do commentary okay, over it. Great. So you press play when we press play. Okay. And then we could talk about it because I was like. We just watched Fast Five. We just watched Fast Five. And that's really where the franchise changes. Yes, we've been watching the Fast and the Furious franchise to know what does real America like? Andy is constantly <laughs> saying that. And we just both were like, we've never seen this thing that has dominated the world for 20 years. Yeah. For over 20 years. And we were like, let's see what's happening. And it's just it's like a uh, Nicole and, capsule. Nicole and Lauren's newcomers, kind of. Yeah. Except without recording anything. Without we've recording just... anything. We just watch it. And I'm often playing a game on my phone during it to sure. be honest i'm getting up liberally and he's like you want me to pause it and i go no you don't need to pause fast and furious i think i can pick it up when i come back you want me to pause it's about family it's about family it's about family and then whenever vin diesel speaks i repeat i am groot i am groot because it's, about it's all the same and you know what that's fun for us would you want to hear that <laughs> would you want to hear us do that talk man <laughs> <laughs> so think about that anyway we have a beautiful perfect wonderful guest for you this was someone who we both wanted to talk to but we had never met before we didn't know and i'm telling you he understood the assignment <laughs> open heart loose but gorge we are talking to you've already heard his dulcet tones karen sony yes. an actor and writer on strike who you know from an array of television shows and movies you can look it up honey the credits are there Okay, so look it up on your free time. He is a dream. He is a delight. But we won't mention any of them until the AMPTP stops fucking around and comes back to the negotiating table, all right? You better run us our money. <laughs> I ain't talking about none of your shit unless you run me my money. But I will talk about Karin Sonia because he is amazing. Yeah, what a wonderful what a So wonderful fun. Person. This was like one of those episodes where like, I was like kind of nervous. I've been really low energy and I finished energized. Mm. I said, you know what? Maybe the world ain't so bad. Maybe with people like Karen so in it, the world is not so bad. So, without further ado, roll it. 
I was waiting to say this till we're recording, but Naomi, I'm a big fan of yours from Two Dope Queens, the the uh, the HBO version of your stand-up, which I have watched repeatedly over and over when it first came out, because I would just invite people over and be like, we just need to skip to this part and watch this. <laughs> oh my God, I'm honored. Can I, I say yeah. I'm so honored? Can I say, I realize I'm your husband, but the your bit about uh, America's Got the Consumption uh-huh. It has to. You have to put that in the in the annals of stand up history. It has to Thank go in you. there. If there is a vulture article about the top one hundred <laughs> bits or whatever, that's got to be in. It has to be in there. Jesse Thank David you. Fox, if you were listening, <laughs> <laughs> it is. You know, it does. It's so funny when you think of you know, like when you say somewhere's like. Yeah, that's how I felt at the time. Who knew it would be evergreen? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Who knew it would be applicable every three months? Who knew it would get uh-huh. worse? <laughs> Who knew it would be consumption and dysentery now? Exactly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just keep adding on it. I know. I'm like, okay, well, if that's my legacy, I'll take it, honey. I'll take yeah, that's it pretty good. legacy. If things got terrible in America, could you move back? Could you? And now, is Modi worse than, like, say, Trump? Uh, if yes. Got it again? I think it's worse. Okay. I think okay. it's worse. I think it's worse. Uh-oh. I Uh-oh. think so. But just slightly, just slightly, you know? <laughs> <laughs> We're catching up. Um, but for for 2023, I think I'll stay in uh, Los Feliz. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, that's what we're saying, too. But I will say, uh, lately, we've been feeling like our plan would be amsterdam really want to live in amsterdam oh really interesting there i've never been you would love it okay i would okay it's you know it's it's giving you full-on city life Mm -hmm. but the european flavor you can walk everywhere but it's still pretty you know new york was venice okay wow that sounds good that's i like london is that too basic no, no, that's not basic. No. Okay, okay, okay. That's good. That's also a good okay. option. It just feels like nah. They're gonna. They're in the same after Brexit, right? They're, they're yeah, in the same true. basket as us. You got listeners, everyone. You got. <laughs> we're we're in. Look, you, uh, I'm Jewish. I got a, a spidey sense for when you got to start fleeing a country. Okay, <laughs> we're not there yet. We're not sure. there yet. Sure, sure, sure. We'll see yes. next year what happens. Yes. Yeah, a little yeah. menorah sense is going off. Oh god, okay. we're calling it a menorah sense. Oh okay. lord. Oh lord. Uh, now, now, Karen, you know, you know, we're on strike, honey. We're hustling. We're struggling. We're doing yes, our best. Yes. Yes. Where are you at emotionally? How are you managing? Do you need to be busy, busy, busy to feel good? Or can you kind of accept the situation? And I'm going to throw this in there. Are you in touch with your emotions in the first place? Yes. That's good. That's good. I am in touch. I started therapy in COVID. One of the gifts of COVID. Good therapist. Good therapist. So I'm in touch. I'm in touch. Um, I am doing good. I, I hate saying it, but I worked a lot right before the strike. Yeah. So I was, it's, uh, I'm okay with a little bit of a break, but usually I do go crazy. I do go really, really crazy. And since this is couples therapy, my partner and I made a movie together right before the strike. And we've just been editing that and putting it together. So it's like, we have something to do. Okay, it's but is not, that good for you as lovers to be editing together? Because you know, working together is a different thing. Different I know. Thing. I know. We, this is our second go around. We made another movie in the heart of COVID in 2020, uh, which we made with our own money. Okay. Don't recommend. <laughs> um, pre-vaccine. And um, so that was like the trial period. And that went well. And then this one um, went even better. So, But oh, wow. I will say, I will say, uh, I'm sure you guys have a lot more stories about this, but 
when I we do mention it to other couples, shivers are sent down <laughs> their spines, <laughs> and uh, a lot is revealed. Um, yeah. And a lot yeah. of people don't want to do that, and I yeah. get it. I really get yeah. it. And we, and I think if we were doing everything together, that would be really bad. But right. yeah. you know, we took three years and did other stuff, and then did this new one together. So yeah, the, the thing specifically though about editing, or about even like Naomi and I when we're writing together, is one person is doing the thing, and the other person yeah. just sitting there watching. And I think exactly. that's where it, the dynamic can get out of whack. It is if someone is if you both have things to do and you're going off in other directions and doing yeah. those things, great. It's yeah. when one person just kind of like passively sits there and just like, no, one frame earlier. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. I find it so boring. Um, yeah. And I just don't have the patience for it. So uh, I've we've both assigned me the job of coming in once a week. And <laughs> um, and I've conveniently I conveniently have the role of someone who's not uh, trying to be burned on the footage. So when for people that don't know when you're editing all this stuff, like you, everything feels the same after a while and you can't really assess yeah. what's happening. So. I check in once a week. <laughs> That's good. That's Conveniently. Good. And I'm like, yeah, it's looking good. Here's what I'm feeling. And then I'm out of there because it's way too boring. Yeah. Um, to well, be that's good. That. You know this, though. This is the thing. I like, do. I feel like I'm the. It's something that we've had to. We've been dealing with a lot more. Like, it's better for me to do stuff separately. It's better yes. for me to, like, send an email because uh-huh. I think what it is is, like, I don't want to have to argue. And this is how I am, like, mm. in writer's rooms, too. Like, even if I wasn't in a relationship with you. I have an idea. You don't like the idea. All right, next. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not about to sit here and go, but this is the thing. And this is the thing. But yeah. Because it's something in this situation, of course, where I care about it. It's us together. Yes. I do have that impulse. Uh-huh. But then I don't want to fight. Do you want to I love know. or do you want to fight? It's like I the know. hard part. Have you guys come up with a system of like how you resolve conflict? <laughs> In a creative thing, we have a little system that's worked so okay, far. Okay, no, no, you have to tell us. Please. No, you have to tell us. <laughs> yeah. This is very specific to making movies and stuff, but uh, usually if we are at an impasse, if it's a comedy joke related thing, I will have the final kind of verdict. And if yeah. it's more of like a dramatic structure thing, he will have the final verdict. And so we hear each other's sides out and then trust that that's our blind spot for each thing. And then just have to believe that the other person knows a little bit better. Um, and it's helped a lot. That doesn't help us. We're both <laughs> comedy people. I, I mean, you're fucked. <laughs> I was really I mean, expecting something that would like just magically I know, smooth I was like, everything I was like, tell over. Me, tell no, me. Well, no, no. Because, yeah, I know. But I think that's a smart way to do it. But here's my question, though. Because I, you guys have been together a long time. So this is yes. not. But now here's the question. Was it? Was working together, as you said, the first one was in COVID. Was it kind of a product of being in together? Same in, quar- yeah. in the quarantine. Quarantine, right. Lockdown yes. together. Or had yeah. you always wanted that? Do you know what I mean? Were you always like, we yeah, that's a, a good question. No, 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 no. Never, never, never. <laughs> uh, my partner's also a doctor, and he was finishing oh. residency in 2020. Hold on. Sorry. Hold on. Stop. I know. Stop. I just wanted to get like five minutes of myself <laughs> in before it's all about him because it's more impressive. It's, it's a lot more impressive. No, no, no. We're no, talking no. Yale. We're talking Yale undergrad. 
We're okay, talking wow. Harvard Medical School. Okay, wow. And then we're talking, he created a network TV show that went into syndication while he was in medical school. Wait, <laughs> is he the creator of Scrubs? No, The Resident. It's a medical yes, drama. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. you heard of it? Yeah. My God. Yeah. It's annoying. It's annoying. Right, it's but that gives context because then he was finishing residency. He still works as a doctor 10 weeks a year. Um, wow. He's a radiation oncologist for end of life patients oh my god um yeah and um and then the rest of the time he's writing and directing and so the um, he was graduating june of 2020 nothing was happening and then he was about to come back to la because um harvard is in boston um I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Yep, yep, yep. and he was so he's in boston for a year finishing up and then he was just like i can't sit still he was starting his medical job during like thanksgiving and he was like let's just make a movie and initially we were like should we just make it on our phones like we really had no plan mm-hmm. or anything and then um we put some of our money together and um ended up i had kind of been mentored by the Duplass brothers like years ago. I've worked with them a bunch. We wrote a script in five days, sent it to them. And yeah. they were like, we can make this with you for like no money. But they were like, you were thinking of putting your own money. Do you still want to do that? So we <laughs> kind of split it half and half with them. And we made this movie in eight days. And then wow. it was really crazy experience. Uh, but this new one was very different because this new one is gay. And I it's a marriage movie. And I marry someone else in it and so we had to do a proposal we had to do sex scenes we had to do multiple days of weddings and things with him at video village and me with jonathan groff who i'm marrying in this movie and so (laughs) it was uh just elevated a little bit (laughs) because it was like oh this is different territory it's very weird um but we got through it yeah how okay like uh every time i write something for naomi she is uh asexual so that (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. that's just how you see her yeah yeah yeah. it's like when she's strongest she's the strongest you know with her comedy when she's she's asexual yeah 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 Yeah. and i'm just like there'll be no kissing anyone else in this Uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah Yeah. so no there was a lot of kissing a lot (laughs) every day is there anything you discovered about your partner or yourself kind of in the process that you didn't know before um not really. I think more than anything, it was less awkward at the end than I thought it would be. But I think uh, having done this for the first time, I think it all depends on the third. Who is the person? And uh-huh. in this case, uh, we had never worked with Jonathan before, but he is like a delightful, perfect human. And so because we both really liked him, I think it never felt weird or anything because okay. we just like loved him. But I, we were always talk about how if it was someone we didn't really love off camera, that it might feel more weird or something. But also your partner being like, okay, cut. I think we've got it. I think we've got it. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, I, I'm like, that's the thing about like acting where I'm just like, you know, because all of those movies where like after like Ariana Grande is now dating like the weirdo from Wicked or whatever. I like, just heard this. And then I watched videos of him as SpongeBob. Yep. In SpongeBob. And yeah, I'm, I haven't, I haven't processed, but this is, it's, it's wild. It's it really crazy. But that's the thing. So, like, I guess that's my question is, is like, how do you deal with like, because the emotions get, you're, you're, you're acting actual, you, you know, things get brought up in your body when you're yeah. doing the, these things. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. The feelings are there. And how do you navigate, you know, even though you are faking them, the feeling yeah. in your body is right. still, you're still real. Gen- yeah, they're coming from a real place. Yeah, it's true. I will say, 
um, the one it's actually, it's doesn't make sense, but it's easier for a partner is there. Cause it's like just any feelings you're snapped out of right away. Cause they're right there. I will say it gets, it can, I've seen, I've seen it get weird when really- your partner is not there and you're in another city. And, um, I've seen some people, you know, cheat and do other things and do things. Um, and some people cheated and then left their partner and are with this other person now. And, and it just, it can get very weird, but I think it's weirdly does not go there. If your partner is literally two feet away from you. Scowling. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yelling cut. (laughs) The The weird thing on this was that everyone around you every time is like, are you okay? To like both of us, which yeah. was like the uh, kind of like okay, we're, we're like on week three of this, like we can stop saying that. But yeah. Oh god, that's so funny. But so wait, how yeah. did y'all meet? Oh yeah, how do you meet the resident doctor? We met on Raya. So, so that's where it happens. <laughs> that's, that's where it happens. You're either gonna meet a doctor or yeah. a DJ. That's exactly, it. or someone who does both. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the, it, we're one of the few Raya success stories because everything I've heard is quite, uh, quite bleak. Um, so, yeah. so what's the decision to go on Raya? Like, were you in this mode where you were like, I am looking for a relationship? And if so, sort yeah. of, what was that mode? What did that kind of look like for you? Was it like, oh, I feel confident in my career, so now I'm ready to date? Or yeah. I have not known a human's touch in two years. I'm ready to say, you know what I mean? Like let's work backwards all the way back to New Delhi. Let's go. Yes. yes. It does kind of go back to that because I was 29 when I joined and I really was finally, I came out when I was 19, but I grew up in a very, I came to America when I was 18. So I was in India till I was 18. And so it's like, I never saw a gay couple in my life. It's It was like illegal to be gay when I grew up. So I had a lot of like unlearning of that stuff to do. And then f- I think being in Hollywood didn't help because early on someone was like, don't come out or whatever. And then that just traumatized me further. And so I finally had unpacked a lot of that by the time I was 29. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm like ready. And I would kind of like... Raya to me just felt like, okay, you're publicly doing this. Cause like in 2018, when I joined, there was, you know, people were like, Hillary Duff is on there. <laughs> on there. And it just felt like in a weird way that you were just like, I can't hide. Cause other apps, you could be like catfishing or doing something else. But I was like, this seems like pretty explicit. So I just joined it for that reason. And then I met some truly awful people <laughs> on there. <laughs> a lot of narcissists, a lot of alcoholics. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of like just not great energy. And then ended up meeting him like a year into being on there. Okay. How could you, outside of like meeting them and seeing them as uh, the, the creeps they are, like how <laughs> would you figure out that the energy was not good? Well, I'm a big proponent because I haven't been on the apps for a while. But what I used to do was I would just cut to the chase and meet in person right away. Because I can tell from in person because I feel like we get into a lot of fantasy land when we're messaging back and forth Mm -hmm. because you're putting onto that person an entire personality and you're analyzing every little word and grammatical mistake and it's just stupid. So (laughs) I think you do it in person. And then when you're in person, I think you know. Because um, yeah. one, they'll be drunk by the time you get there. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. So this is, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, or they'll, yeah. Uh, the, there was a lot of alcoholics on there uh, when oh. I was there. Yeah. Wow. And listen, I drink, but you know, I'm not doing five shots before a dinner. Um, right. That's not oh. my vibe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, would you, what, because you're saying a dinner though, because that feels like even a lot for a first 
date like more or not because it's not even a date it's really like a let me get to a sense of you as a human would you say let's meet up for a drink let's get a coffee like how much time are you investing in that initial meeting listen i go straight for the dinner um really yes i go straight for i went straight for the dinner um i yes i've seen so many people go through this i find i used to find dating very draining to like unload your life story over and over again that i was like I don't want to do the sh- the short version of this. If I'm doing it. I'm just committing to doing it. And let's just do it and then see what happens. I feel like a lot of people end up kind of burning out on dating by doing the coffee and the walk or the whatever thing. <laughs> and then you're going to have to get the dinner eventually anyway. So I'd rather just meet right away, get it done, and then be very honest about like where I was with everything. Okay. And you would tell somebody, hey, this is not feeling right. Like we know it's over. Like I would leave right. before the food came or before we ordered sometimes. <laughs> Sorry, walk us through. Also, that's my dream. Hold on. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Walk us through that. You don't have to name yeah. me. I don't want to like. Yeah, 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 yeah it's not yeah, that. Yeah. But like, what, like, what's yeah, one where you, you where you're just like, you know what? I don't think this is working out. Yeah, this was like as I kept doing this over like a year. I met I think ten or eleven different people. So it wasn't like I was going on one like every week or whatever. Um, and then I was just reaching the tail end of like, <laughs> I could just smell the narcissism from the Raya people like very quickly. And um, a one trigger word for me was the Soho house. Like if someone <laughs> said, <laughs> if someone said like the yeah. Soho house and specifically if they lived in East LA and this is when there wasn't a downtown LA Soho house and they just talked about how they love to go work at the Soho house. I just knew that this is not going to work, <laughs> but there was like other signs, but they began just endlessly talking about the Soho house and like all of this stuff. And I just was like, I just, I had a friend's birthday that night, which I had chosen to go to this date instead of go to this birthday. And I just, uh, I didn't do a smooth job. It was a disaster, but the waiter came to get the food order and I just did the really bad acting. And I was like, oh my God, I have to go. Like I just got this message and they like didn't get it. And they were just like, okay, but like where and like all these questions and then i finally was like i just have to go and i just sort of left before ordering oh and then- you go to go to solo house <laughs> oh. <laughs> i'll go i'll go there with you yeah, yeah. Go there. you want to eat there i'd love yeah. to eat there oh my god um but yeah i got to the point where i would just get yeah like just leave before the food came if i okay knew. wow yeah. that's i would say like that is like that was my dream on dates where i was like you are crazy or uh-huh. you are not it I know I sh- I want to be gone and don't know yeah. how to be gone. You yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes I think, sometimes I'm like, is it that women are so conditioned to not make waves because you're afraid of like mm-hmm. violence that you just kind of go, okay, sure. we'll sit through this meal. Yes. Or is it a um, you know, human thing? I, I kind of think it's a human thing because I didn't, wanna yeah i no i think i so, would but stay I, on bad dates until <laughs> until, until you were married up. until <laughs> you were married no until <laughs> someone gave up yeah it was, it was a test of wills at that point because it's just like <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to uh, insult you i don't want to say yeah or it, but it wasn't even an insult it was just like the chemistry is off well that's the thing it's like we both know the chemistry's off do you know what i yeah. mean you both yeah, yeah, know yeah. when it's not you know one. you know i know when i had my first date with my partner it lasted for like five hours it's like yes. you just know when it's, when it's like, easy yep yeah when yeah, it's yeah. easy it doesn't even have to yeah. be easy it just feels like the chemistry feels electric but part of that is yeah. an ease in interaction where it feels like i don't have yes. to okay i see what you're saying yes. i was i was thinking back to like when you know the first you know six months or so no 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 dramatic i was a nightmare uh-huh but 
the interactions were so easy. Like, like us talking was the easiest I've ever talked to. Mm, right. That was always how I felt too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And also, I'm sure you guys have discussed this before, but how did you meet? You can give me the show. UCB. <laughs> it's not an interesting oh, UCB in New York. That's, I like that's sweet. sweet. That's sweet. UCB has created a lot of love. I, feel. Yeah. I know. We met Amy Poehler yeah. at something where I was like, do you guys want to pay for our wedding? <laughs> premiere. Can we be sponsored by UCB? Is that a, is that a possibility? Oh, and she was like, she chuckled and walked away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my god. I met her once and I was just so starstruck. I'm just yeah. such a fan of hers. I oh. know. I know. But it's like, it was that feeling though, because I think for me, one of the things was we could joke around, I could roast you, I could tease you. Yes. And that mm. was something that always for me felt like I was never, com- like I wanted the person to like me so much. Sure. Yeah, I could never sort of do that. Yeah. For a part, like, <clears throat> I was just funny because, again, it's like I was doing stand up. I was out here, like, being funny and, like, being seen as funny was very important to me in those times. And yeah. yet I was with all of these humorless men. Like, I don't <laughs> know what it was. Yeah. Like, what yeah. is that about? Is that because you had to be the most dynamic? Maybe it was kind of like yeah. they, they, they were like impressed by me, but like they weren't sure. adding to it. Like, uh-huh. it wasn't sure, like sure, a, sure. we weren't going back and forth. Yeah, you know? it, it makes sense. It's like you're like whatever your identity is. You're like I'm the funny person. I'm like you can't be secure about someone else being funny until you're more secure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you go like I'm okay with other people being funny too. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm not like holding on to this so tightly. But yeah, yeah. but it's a different kind though because you don't want too. Because you don't want like, too much. Yeah, exactly. You don't. Yeah. Want I was to gonna say I'm different. I'm funny in a different way than you are. Well, so you, it's not. We're not quote-unquote competing but also you're not competing again it's like that competing in terms of like because sometimes it's not about oh another stand-up as much as you don't appreciate that i am getting the attention right now Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean the person who can't accept that like this is your moment to be in the back for a little bit or even just to be the side it's not like you have to recede as much as like this isn't your time yeah yeah and it was like a lot of people were like oh and even though it's like you don't have aspirations to be funny like you don't have aspirations to do this it wasn't about that it was literally just like I don't like that everyone's paying attention to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. I see. I see yeah. what we've done here. I've seen what yeah. we've done here. That's a pretty j- big red flag. Right yeah. yeah. But um, you mentioned you know getting into therapy in lockdown. Yeah. And I'm wondering, was it the pandemic of it all? Sim- I mean, yeah. certainly that's enough of a reason. And quite sure. frankly, everybody should have started it. Yeah. Okay, if you didn't start it, you should have started it. It's what it's <laughs> did you? And also, did you want to start it prior to that? And this was finally an excuse. Or was yeah. it in the lockdown, everything was silent and you like confronted the demons? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I think like I had done it once before, like in 2019, and I just didn't have a good therapist in terms of we just weren't a match. Yeah. And so I kind of was like, I tried, whatever. It's like not for me. And then, yes, 2020 happened. And I was definitely like, there was not a good time mentally. And then I was like, okay, I think I need to like go. And, um, I, yeah, I threw another friend who had done a lot. I was like, let me get a real referral versus just like a generally someone who's at walking distance. And then <laughs> I found this person that I ended up really liking and um, it was very life changing. But at the same time, many things were happening in 2020 because I got uh, deep into self-help content, including in every medium, in every medium, books, shows, podcasts, doing it all. Yeah, I did it all. I've done it all. Um, and so is I was like, primed good or and bad? 
It was good. It was really good. Um, okay. uh, not to co- name a competitor, but Couples Therapy, the TV show. That was yes. A bi- uh, <laughs> absolutely. We know. We know. Oh, you yeah, mean the yeah. people that, that took the name even though we hold the copyright on it? Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Oh, it's okay. gosh. Yes, yes, yes. Let's sue. Um, uh, <laughs> yes. I think their full title is Showtime Original Couples Therapy, so we'll let them go. But no, no, yeah. no. We, we don't want to promote them too much. That was a big one. Esther Perel discovered her. That yes, was a big sure. one. Mm-hmm. Her podcast. And then I read this and I love a memoir. It's like one of my favorite genres. And someone recommended this memoir of a therapist to me called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. Mm. And it's like an incredible book. But it's basically about this woman, Lori Gottlieb, who's a therapist. And she ends up being with this guy who she thinks she's going to marry. She's been with him for seven years. And one night, she he basically just dumps her, like in the middle of the night. And she's completely blindsided. And she kind of has this complete breakdown and is like, I'm supposed to have seen the signs of this happening. How do I not know what's happening? So she goes to therapy herself. And the book, it follows her and like five of her patients over the course of a year. So she's herself discovering stuff as she's still a therapist to these other people. And it's almost written like a thriller because she slowly parses out information about her life. She ends up making this guy sound so amazing in the first chapter. And you're like in a rom-com almost. And then slowly she'll throw in some stuff that she should have picked up on, but she didn't over the years. And you're almost mm-hmm. like reading it like a thriller. It's very interesting. Okay, I want Do you remember the, an example? You should talk to someone. I'm writing this down. Everyone, every, th- Couples Therapy Book Club. We're all reading this. <laughs> okay, great. Meet me back here in a month. Wait, do you yeah, remember an example beautiful. of like what was something that turned into a red flag in retrospect? I mean, yeah, like this is like, I mean, it sounds so crazy, but it's written more elegantly. But like this guy sounds so perfect. And then you, she has a son from another relationship. And the way he talks talked about the son and things like he'll mention certain things and you learn that like later on you just go like oh wait what but she had like figured out a way to make it work but what's really interesting is actually the other patients because you start following their stories too one of them is the all the names are changed but one is a hollywood showrunner creator and i went deep down into because he was the most interesting character and I think maybe I figured out who it is. But um, <laughs> as they're doing therapy, he begins writing a therapist storyline into the TV show that he writes. And like, <laughs> it's just very interesting. Like the whole thing is really interesting. He's one of the patients. There's like a terminal cancer patient. There's like all these really interesting things. And then you see her go through her own therapy. But it's all true. And it's like a memoir and like all of this stuff. It's very interesting. But that was a big one, too. That was a big one. Very Gabriel really- Byrne in treatment. In treatment mm-hmm. energy. That's you, got yes. five, you got five patients, one a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. 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 A- so if you don't mind me asking, what was it just the generalized trauma of the world completely changing forever <laughs> in around March? I forget exactly <laughs> why. I'm, yeah. not allowed to, I'm not allowed to say anymore. Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something yeah, happened course. in March 2020. We can't say it. We can't the say it. Yeah. World literally changed forever. Yeah. Was it that trauma or was there something else going on where like you had to like kind of deal with that or all of it together? Yeah, it was a lot of that. I think I I'm I'm like an ambivert or whatever. And so I always was like, oh, I like my alone time. And then I was living alone during that time when it started, the thing we must not name. And I just really was struggling with not seeing people and realizing how much of like my friends and seeing people was like a part of my life. And then there was something about, I'm sure you guys feel it too, like in this biz, we're always like going, 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 and going. Even if you're not working, you're, you were always like, 
I have this to look forward to or this to like fight for or do whatever. And then suddenly everything was just stopped. Yeah. And so I just had a very hard time being like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> this yeah. is very, and um, just the general sense of like everything feeling very ominous and uh, not good. <laughs> and LA specifically just felt very apocalyptic. And so that was yeah, all of it. it. Actually- I think just. Yeah, it was, yeah. and it's still feeling apocalyptic, yeah. but, um, but yeah, uh, all of that I think was, it was like long due to be like, let's, uh, unpack some of these things that we should have a while ago. Uh huh. Even before you started to be an actor, did you have that, like, I gotta go, go, go? Did you have that mentality that then just like started yes. into acting? <laughs> yes, I really did. I was like running away from it all. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, ah. so I've been running, running, running. Yes. I, I always had that mentality. I was always like doing a million things, trying to just, uh, uh, not look at feelings and emotions and just well, it's work. Weird. Cause uh. you do play a lot of, a lot of your characters do have a kinetic energy to them, even when they're yeah. supposed to be low key. There's yeah, yeah, a little yeah, yeah. bit of like a squirreliness to it. Yeah. Seems like a go, go, go. But you know, you did talk about, you know, coming out at 19 and then kind of spending 10 years unpacking and unlearning. Yes. But without a therapist or that kind of process, I'm wondering what was it to do it on your own? Kind of what did you do before that was your way of kind of unlearning? Because that does seem like a big thing to, a lot to unlearn, like kind of just the way you move through the world, the way you see yourself. And then what does that look like in relation to another person in a relationship? Yeah. To do that by yourself for 10 years. Karen, honey. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of wild. I should have not been doing that on my own. But yeah, it was <laughs> It was just like a lot of like, I'm sure it's like so simple, but you have like anxieties or fears in your head that feel huge. Like you're like, this is a part of me that's bad or something. And then you voice it to someone you like or love, even a friend, and they don't judge you for it. And then suddenly you're just like, what? <laughs> Why have I been so hard on myself about these million things? Um, so it was a lot of that. Like it was a lot of just close friendships mm-hmm. and like people like that and just opening up. Cause I grew up very, I think specifically if you grew up gay, like in the closet, it's so unhealthy because you just learn to just shut off parts of yourself and not share them. So it's like feels so simple, but it's like a big journey to just even open up about something that you personally feel shame about to someone else and then they not judge you or cut you off. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> so simple. But it takes so long and sometimes people can never do it. Um, so it was just a lot of that. Like I ended up having a lot of um, like really good close friends and just mm-hmm. feeling comfortable more and more because it was unlearning lying because that's another big thing is you get really good at lying or just omitting and not talking about certain things. And you have to literally break out of that pattern and be like, I have to be honest. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then hope that this person doesn't judge me. And now it feels so silly, like the things, you know, that I was like worried about or whatever, but they've just been like compounded over years of feeling right. like shameful about it. But right. yeah. Did you start lying about other things or like inconsequential things? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all a mess because, you know, when I first started, even I didn't know I was gonna do Hollywood or anything like or whatever. Even I unpacked this in therapy, but my initial going into Hollywood was mixed with a passion for performing and stuff. I really loved it. But also I saw it as like, this is a shiny thing that everyone accepts. And I was just like, oh, this is a good thing. Like, it's a good because everyone loves movies. And if I can be in it, that's good. Like, people will like me and like all of these kind of shallow things. 
So, I mean, it's so pathetic, but I used to like <laughs> lie about such dumb things because I was like, this is a cool thing. Like I would go to the, I would be like, I would go to the Beverly Center and then I'd be like, I saw this celebrity there. I mean, it's like a complete lie and it's just like not even anyone. People were like, oh, and I would then I'd not get the reaction. So then I'd be like, and then they like came up to me and then I was like, keep going. And I was like, what am I doing? This is so stupid. Um, so there was like a lot of that, um, uh, a lot of that, a lot uh, of like just yeah. little stupid lies that I was like, do you find me interesting now? Like, are you interested uh, in this? Like, and all of that kind of stuff, which uh, I thought that would be so interesting for people to feel that or whatever. Right, yeah. right, right, right. And then me and John so Lithgow, we, uh, yeah. we went and got ice cream. We went to Salt and Straw, and they yeah, had a yeah, yeah. flavor yeah, named after yeah. me. Exactly. You just take it a bridge too far. <laughs> bridge too far. And they're like, oh, and then, yeah. yeah. And they're like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, John Lithgow. That's, yeah. that's a good one. That's a good game. He's that's at the good. Beverly Center a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's at the Beverly Center a lot. Yeah. yeah. Now, what's your relationship like with your family now? You know, sort of. Yeah. Certainly. And this is something I ask as someone who's also dealt with what it is to keep secrets and withhold mm-hmm. and omit, but then becoming front facing, becoming publicly known. Like for instance, like at our wedding, mm-hmm. my mom said to me, she was like, and our friend officiated. So, you know, you just kind of told the story or whatever. And my mom was like, I didn't know any of that about He you. told the story of our, mm-hmm. of our meeting at UCB and how it, oh my how God. it Yeah. And it was like, you know, and it was in a lot of ways, it was interesting because it was like for my family, like, I don't think I've told my parents either. Right. Like, for them to hear, like, that's the stuff they don't know. Yeah. Even though, obviously, like... We, don't, we didn't lie to them. We just right. didn't tell them. We don't we didn't talk think to it them was, in that way. We don't, yeah, it's not mm-hmm. that kind of, Like, I see them as authority figures, even now in middle age. They are authority <laughs> yeah. figures. Yes. And even though I'm telling that, like, you know, they just went on a trip and they came back and I'm like, did you guys test for COVID after you got back? Like, what are you uh-huh. doing? Did you wear masks? Wearing, sure, like, what sure, is sure. Like, I'm, and I say it in that tone, which has to be good. Uh-huh. It has, to be, it has positive, to be good. It has yeah, to yeah, be yeah. a positive way for our relationship to go forward. But, uh-huh. <laughs> sorry, but yes, but yeah, it is like... Well, it is, but then at the same time, like, she has heard my stand-up, right? And knows... Sure. Like, it's, so it's like, she sees that person. Yes. But, the one-on-one conversation isn't quite there. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. This is all. So I feel very lucky because I have really like loving open parents, even though we grew up in a very conservative place, but even then I didn't feel comfortable coming out to them. Um, and then the plan was, you know, I was supposed to go back to India after college. Um, cause I had no way of staying here. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad works for John Deere. He's an engineer. Um, and a lot of the John Deere tractors made in India, um, spoiler alert. Um, and um, <laughs> I, I'm spilling the tea. And so um, at the time, like I was meant to go back and run that company, my dad's like oh, business, wow. which okay. is a very oh, common, God. yeah, very common thing for Indian sons to just like not have any aspirations of their own and just kind of take over that thing. And so he worked seven days a week. I used to go to the factory on Sundays. They used to call me little boss. Like all the employees there knew I would be their boss. <laughs> like oh it was a very, God, a very ingratiating yourself to a 12 year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like Disney Channel succession. And so basically I, I like didn't really like have any aspirations of my own because I was like, I'll just do this. And I really only came to college because my dad's dream was to study in America and he never had the means when he was growing up. And he was sort of like, you're not really going to learn anything at usc that you're going to use 
at this Indian tractor company. So he was like, just have like a good experience for four years, like, and then come back and I'll, you'll learn on the job, like how to do this specific job. So I sort of came to USC and I'd always done theater in high school and stuff. And I showed up and I remember seeing like a lesbian couple. It was like the first time I'd seen like a same sex couple and they were walking in the quad. And I literally <laughs> knocked in my head, like, who's going to throw the first brick? Like, who's going to protest? <laughs> like, who's going to start assaulting them? And, like, no one did. And I was shocked. I was like, oh, it's going to go down. And that's, like, how, what environment I was coming from. Right. So then at school, the first semester, I just experimented with telling people. And it just felt very liberating. But the plan was always I would go back to India. It was still illegal. And then I would just not kind of be gay there or whatever. Uh-huh. And then I decided to go, I went back for Christmas break uh, at the end of first semester back to India. And I'm very close to my mom. And the entire plane, right, I literally was whispering to myself, just don't say anything. (laughs) Don't say anything. Don't say anything. And then it's so interesting. Like, I saw her within the first, like, 10 minutes. I just blurted it out to her. (laughs) And she's, like, very emotional, like, very loving. And she just completely stopped. And she was, like, stone-faced. And she's like, I need to go speak to your father. And she's scary. That's scary. Very scary. And then my dad, who, you know, owned this business and worked seven days a week, did not go into work that day, which I had never (laughs) seen him do. He had to take a sick day. Yeah, this is bad. And um, then they were on the internet Googling and they did not like what they saw. And then I was only home for nine days and supposed to go back for the spring semester. And they were helping me pay for school. So I was completely dependent on them, like continuing to help. And then we went on this crazy path where they Googled, they found conversion therapy, like all this stuff, which is alive and well in India. And I literally was like spiraling because I'm like, this is going, this is a disaster. And like, I shouldn't have said anything. And then somehow in this like very tumultuous day, I just basically said to them, just, I'll just go to a therapist, which like then was considered like, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Still, there's like a lot of stigma against it still over Uh there. And they were like, okay, okay, that's good. Like, that's good. Like they'll fix you or whatever. And so... I mean, it's just random luck, but I got really lucky because I found a very modern therapist because it can go either way there. And I basically just unloaded. Oh, so when you were there for the nine days, you went to it. Yes. Yeah. They sent me to therapist and I go to this, this lady. And I mean, I don't even remember her name or anything because I was in such a traumatic mode. It's like half blanked out. And she basically, I just cried and I was like, I have this problem, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, stop. Nothing wrong with you. She's like, I've heard your story. I need to talk to your parents. And I was like, they're not going to come in here because like (laughs) they consider it like, you know, cuckoo crazy or whatever. And, um, she was like, don't worry, I'll tell them I'm, I need to speak to them about you, give your diagnosis, whatever. So then the next day they showed up and she just kind of schooled them on the whole thing. And then that was that. And we were all just crying and it was like really intense. And then she gave me like something that really helped me like for the time after when it was bad, which was that she basically was like, you've known since you were 14 and now you're 19. And she was like, it took you four or five years to like say this out loud. And they've known you since you were like, little baby and they've projected onto you all these hopes and dreams and like things of where your life will go so Uh she was like for the next four to five years as long as it took you to say this out loud you have to give them the same grace period to understand this and she was like in those four to five years they can be homophobic they can be offensive they can be whatever you cannot be reactive you have to be very patient and you go like "Uh uh like, "Uh and then she's like after those four to five years if they're still in the same place you can start being like 
no, I don't have to hear this or whatever it is. And you can make that decision. She's like, you have to give them the same amount of time. And then it took them about a year and we just never talked about it. And they just, I remember a year into it. We're just like, we're fine with it. But the thing we had established was we would never talk about dating or anything that I felt would make them feel uncomfortable. Cause I was like so traumatized from like telling them in the beginning. Yeah. And then slowly, like as the years went on, my mom would be like, so are you seeing anyone? And I would just like panic. And I would just be like, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I don't know why I still felt like I could be put into conversion therapy. And so then it was like a big thing to finally, when I was with my partner to basically be like, I think I'm ready to tell them. Um, I was like, 10 years later are like more comfortable and it went really well. But in general, I haven't had to keep like a lot of Wait, things from them. Wait, did it go well because he's a doctor? Yes. Mm. Did that help us? Did that help yes. us a little bit? They love a doctor. <laughs> they they like, love okay, at least you with somebody put together. <laughs> yes, they, that, that really helps. That really helps. Yes, that really helped and, and all that really helped. But I think the thing that's weird for them is that I'm very shy and I was a very shy kid and I never did comedy or anything. Like I still feel very, I didn't know I was bu- aggressively bullied. I had all of this like stuff happen because I used to be very overweight and I had to go to a school to lose weight when I was younger. What? Okay. My mind was already blown when John Deere was built in it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's all down. Don't tell us caterpillars done in Afghanistan. Yeah. If I find out that that construction equipment is... That you will never (laughs) operate a crane again. Um, Yeah, I basically have like a very strong sweet tooth. Long story short, my mom, who's very loving, never said no to anything. So my sweet tooth kept getting stronger because the more sugar you have, the more resistant you are to feeling sweet. So at my lowest low, I was cereal wasn't sweet enough for me. So my mom would melt vanilla ice cream instead of giving it with milk. And I would eat cereal. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) snap. And it all developed into, you know, I had like a beer belly as like a 12 year old and all these things. I just remember one day being like, oh, I can't walk upstairs. Like I was not feeling good. And so my parents were like, oh, we found this school you can go to. It's like a boarding school (laughs) called Pathways. And um, they were like, you spend four hours a day exercising. And then... Um, Wait, can <laughs> I go to Pathways? Can I go Pathways? Do I have to go to India? Do I have to fly? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, I just yeah, live yeah. in Pathways? This yeah, sounds you, like I a mean, weird, like, California. It does of, have like, a California. It sounds like a rehab. Yeah. 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 Where they scream at you for, like, two hours. Like, they uh-huh. write down, you write down yeah. all of your faults, and then they scream them at you. <laughs> and then yeah. you. And I just like walked on the can. And so I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself already because I didn't yeah. play sports or do any of this right. stuff. And I was gay and I didn't feel comfortable in my body. So I was starting off bad. Then I went to the school and I lost all this weight in six weeks because the, what we did there is like very crazy. Yeah. Six four hours a, well, yes. four hours a day of exercise. And then what I'm assuming is like calorie counted meals. They well, this meals was, down. The meals was really interesting because what it was is you could have as, men, as many portions as you wanted. But the trick was they fed you the same meal every day for lunch and dinner. Oh, so wow. it tricks your brain into basically being like, this food tastes like nothing to me yeah. now. So yeah. part of the joy of eating is like, I'll have pizza today and then sushi. And But if you're eating the same thing for every meal which for us was brown rice and steamed vegetables, they'll be like, have some more. <laughs> like, I don't want it. Like, I just don't want it. So there's that. And then, yeah, we exercise for four hours a day. And I was 14 or whatever. So I just all kind of went away. Anyways, I had a complete mental breakdown six weeks in. I partially went because they had 
it was like a boarding school. I loved Harry Potter and they had four houses. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, it's like, this will be my, and I was just like, it's so stupid, but I just loved Harry Potter. And I was like, I'll go for this reason. Gryffindor, we Gryffindor, Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. It was earth, fire, water, wind. And oh. <laughs> no one told us this, but it was pretty obvious. You were, you were entered the school based on how big you were. And earth was the biggest. <laughs> there was water. Then fire, then wind. And then as you lost weight, you were moved to like a different house. Uh, um, and so, okay, I, okay, okay, could you blow away? Are you skinny enough to blow away? You're gonna win. You're gonna win. Because the logic was that you played sports against like, like water and earth played against each other and wind and fire played against each other. But it was so horrible because like I had made all these, I went as a water and so I'd made all these friends in water and then four weeks in they were like, you're going to fire, like move here and you have a new like jersey and I was like, I don't want to go to fire. Anyways, um, six weeks in, my mom, they don't let your parents come to visit you. I was going to ask, yeah. They yeah, don't that, right? they don't, because like people just will kind of lose it. I felt so bad. There were these two American students there actually who were American Indian and their parents wanted to discipline them. I don't know what they had done. And they told them, we're going to take you to India to meet your family. And then they dropped them off at this school. <laughs> And just left. <laughs> and so traumatizing. I sometimes think about them because they were just the darkest clouds. Like they were so yeah. angry. And every day they would protest in the same way because they want they were trying to get their parents to come back yeah. to India to pick them up, but they would just take the lunch tray and like slam it on the ground every day. Oh my god. And like I mean it was really dark. The whole thing was like That's... really dark. Dark. Papa's and then it's dark. It's dark. Then my mom came to visit me six weeks in. She literally didn't recognize me because I looked completely different. And then I was crying. She was crying. And she's like, I'm pulling you out of the school. And then she pulled me out of the school six weeks into the school year and then put me in another school. And I was in a new body that I'd never, I was like, what is happening? I just, right. all of it was a disaster. Then I was like the new kid six weeks in. And then I got really bullied and all this stuff. And the only way I could save myself from being bullied was I did a play and it was a comedy and I didn't know it was a comedy. <laughs> and I just said the lines like normally, but because <laughs> the writing was funny, like it played like a joke and I was like shocked. And then a lot of my bullies' girlfriends were in the play. And <laughs> after the play, they came up to me and they were like, you're funny. And I was like, oh, just terrified. And I'm just thinking like, what's happening? And they were like, come hang out with us. And then I basically started hanging out with these really cool kids. And then they kept being like, when's your next show? Like, what's your next show? It doesn't make any sense. And then I was like, fuck, I have to still keep doing this. To like, Because I didn't like it. It was very stressful for like a shy person to be on stage and stuff. And yeah. so... But it was about survival like, now. Because now you're like, uh-huh. okay, the only way I stay out of the clutches of these evil kids is, to is if I fucking do these fucking jive. shows. I have <laughs> fucking job. Yeah. Uh huh. And so then that's what I kept doing, like it for all of high school. And then it wasn't until I came to USC that I really missed it. And then I was like, oh wait, like this was more okay. than like a survival thing. I actually like miss it. Um, but for them, it's very weird because I was so quiet and shy that they were like, no one thought that I would go into something like this. Yeah. I right. think you know what I mean. Right. But, yeah. Right. I gotta ask. Yeah. The vegetables. Any spices? <laughs> the vegetables, no spices. None? No, they wouldn't no even spices. flavor it up? No, no flavor up. No. Oh, come on. <laughs> but imagine, That's- like, if, if we did that now, like, you know, I'm like 34 now. If I did that four hours of exercise and eating that, I mean, we would all look amazing. Like, it's... <laughs> 
We'd be miserable, but miserable. It's like, <laughs> I can't believe there wasn't a spice. One no thing spice. Like, in India, I expect you to give me spice. <laughs> you go give me a vegetable. How many calories? How many calories could possibly be in spice? I, well, I don't know. They, I don't well, that's know. they always say too. Like, because I've done uh, cleanses and fasts. Sure, sure, sure. You sure. can add whatever red pepper flakes you want. You I can add <laughs> cardamom. How many calories are in cardamom? They're always well, trying to tell you to Zero. put some spice in a broth uh-huh, so it'll feel better. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, but then, okay, but coming off of this, because I just said you had a sweet tooth, your mom was giving whatever, giving you whatever you wanted, you were her sweet baby boy. Um, yes. But did that six weeks, was that enough to reframe your relationship with food or was, or did it continue on after that? Because in a way you yeah. do that for six weeks, especially when you're so young. Yeah. My first thought is like, I wouldn't even know what to eat when I got back home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when I face a fridge, I'd be like, uh, I guess brown. Oh, rice. I was eating. I was eating, eating, eating. Um, no, the food thing is still a constant struggle, but the, it did help with the working out because I'd never exercised before. And so that discipline did come in. So now I'll do, I'll exercise like five days a week, but I had never done that prior to that. And I just felt like anytime I started, it was so hard as a kid that it gave the reset to do that. But food is a constant journey and struggle. But oh my God. I'm sorry. I have so many questions about pathways. So (laughs) (laughs) before I was, so you would still go to school and learn. Yes. Okay. So this was our schedule. Are you ready? We woke up, uh, we shared four of us shared a room and one bathroom. We woke up at 4.45 a.m. And then... <laughs> and do you run a, like, <laughs> like, as though you run a bakery, but you can't eat any of it. Yes, exactly. You're with the sun. Oh, there was Time a bakery. Not make the there was a, there's a bakery at Pathways. That's a whole other thing. I, I mean, what do you mean is, that's a whole... Wait, what? I'm gonna, what do you mean there's a bakery? <laughs> wait, okay, we have to say it one at a time. Yeah, so there's like okay, so okay, much. So, so th- also, like, this school might be different now, but uh, this is what it was <laughs> when I went there. So this is 2005, I think, or four. And so, yes, we woke up at 4.45. Then 5 a.m. you had to run around the campus, which was 45 acres. And um, you ran with, yeah, and it was like very cold and like wet. And, you know, I came from, I couldn't even go upstairs. So it's like to do this. And then basically the, the, the earth kids, I was water, would be like slow walking. And so I would just be right in front of them. And the instructor had a whip. And they would whip the the ground, the ground, the ground, the ground. No, I know you were where your feet are to basically like get you to keep moving. So I never got whipped because I was always like right ahead of like the really slow ones. But anyways, that would did you choose that position? You're like if yeah. I'm right ahead of the of the kid that's gonna get whipped, I will yes. get whipped. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know, when they slow down, I'll slow down. Whatever. And so. <laughs> That's like usually would take an hour and a half and the fire and wind would do as many laps of the 45 acres as they could. The Most of us would just do the one. Right. Then we would go to the field and there's like wet grass because it's like morning. And then on the wet grass, like in the mud, you did sit-ups and push-ups for like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then like 20 minutes of like yoga stretching. So that's five to seven. Then you have from seven to seven thirty for four of you, you're covered in mud and dirt. Yeah, Cause like yeah. we're just doing it on the outdoors um, to shower and get ready. And then we had uniforms that had to <laughs> Wait, be pressed. In the one bathroom? Shoes, one bathroom. 30 minutes. So, yeah. Four muddy children. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The smells. And then you went to breakfast, which I didn't talk about breakfast, but was the same every day too, which was a whole wheat toast. And then like a sugar free jam. <laughs> Cool. Cool. But <laughs> cool. a cardamom in the jam. Um, and then 
we you had that as much as you wanted and then you start <laughs> class at like 8 30 i think and then you would have class till whatever 2 2 30 then you had a 30 minute break and then you did two hours of sports and it would be different sports like from tennis to like soccer to different things every Sounds day fun. like monday tuesday wednesday thursday you play different sports fridays after the first six weeks you could go home if you lived close enough and i lived an hour away so fridays okay. i would I, I, that's when i went home and i saw my mom but she was like we're getting you out of here because i don't that feels to me too like and i'm hoping there was you know several do- doctors or nurses like if you made me do that for a day i would probably <laughs> oh collapse, my god I right would like, like, if, 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 yeah exactly like if you have not yeah. exercised at all and if you yes. are that big, and then suddenly it's like you have to make it around these <laughs> no. acres. You have to keep going. Yeah, it's like if Couch to 2K was one day. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, it yeah, would be, yeah. like, so impossible. Yeah, it's crazy. And then this is where the bakery thing came in. And so at 5 p.m., they would open this snack shop. And you would not use money, but you would use these, like, gold stars or whatever they called it that you would collect if you did well in sports or if you did well in class, like, you answered a lot of questions the teachers could give you this Okay, coupon. that's my angle. That's my uh, angle. Mm-hmm. I'm answering questions. Sure, for pastry right. points. Yes, but interestingly, like, all of the people that did well were fire and wind because, one, they were the most confident anyways, and, two, they always did well in sports. So the kids that didn't really crave these sugary things had all of these coupons, so they would use them to like bully the fatter kids because <laughs> they would terrible. make you do their laundry or polish their shoes or do this stuff and they'd be like you want a cookie like i can get you one from the thing and you're like oh, sugar no. crashing there was an <laughs> underground pastry point <laughs> black market yes yes this is oh. what you know this is like yeah it's like what happens when you when you leave kids at a boarding school and um <laughs> And so that's, yeah, that's why I did people's laundry and I did different things oh. in order to get like an Oreo or a biscuit or something. Um, but it was like very small portions, right, but it okay. felt like amazing of when course. you could have one. Yeah. And then no cell phones were allowed. And then you did supervised homework in like the dining hall for two hours. And then you basically had no time really to yourself. Everything right. was like scheduled and planned. Yeah. And then what? You got to go yeah. to bed at eight o'clock. You got to be up at 445. Exactly. So you're going yeah. to bed. Man, pathways. <laughs> this is yeah. kind of this is like cult breakdown behavior. This is how you break somebody yes. down, make them believe in Zenu. Like this is really just yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. an hour hour from your house, and it was it was sick. an hour, and it was so weird because I spent the first four weeks I couldn't go home. The fifth week was the first time I went home, and even four weeks of not seeing the outside world, and we really they would turn the internet off <laughs> and only turn it on during the supervised homework. So you couldn't like really Google anything that like mm-hmm. you wanted to or whatever. It really felt like you had been in a prison because like the billboards were different and there was like a new shop and I would just be like, what's this? <laughs> this all felt like you had not seen the world. It's really depressing. And then, yeah, I did that. I went the second week I went home. My mom was like, you're not going back. That was wow. The yeah. Yeah. You know what? We have to take a break because I both need one for my soul and we need to answer some people's questions. At least get through yes. a question. Because Karen, you can do it. You can do it. Oh my God. And just hearing I, about I our practice. Genuinely like, speaking. Can you believe I waited this long to do therapy? <laughs> <laughs> that's, what I, that's actually yes. This is my other question. I said, yeah. bitch, you went to Pathways and you weren't in therapy. You were in therapy that seven. Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. The Saturday therapy. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Okay, you guys, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Cool fact. 
a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Can we take a minute and talk about skims? Now, you know I'm a recent skims convert, having tried their underwear in the last few months, and I am now living lifted, supported, changed. So I decided to keep trying new stuff. And let me tell you, Skims Basics and Foundations are where it's at. Yes, I recently got the Soft Smoothing Seamless t-shirt. And y'all, it is so comfortable. It's been the perfect layer for me. I'm rocking it under a cardigan or a sweater when I want to keep it fitted and fabulous and not look all bulky. I mean, y'all know I'm back to work. Hashtag blessings. And I'm definitely that girl who is always cold in the office, okay? I need my layers, but I'm still trying to look put together. And the Soft Smoothing Seamless shirt is helping me get it right. And I also got the boyfriend t-shirt in Heather Gray, and it is so friggin' soft and comfortable, and it's giving casual but intentional when I wear it with a pair of jeans. I'm feeling very good in it. So if you want to give these and other basics a try, shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small through 4X. Thank you for the range, Skims. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's skims.com. Go check out everything they've got in the new t-shirt shop. Karin Sony here to help you handle your scandal. Karin is a survivor. We have heard it. <laughs> he has been through all of it. So you know what? This is the perfect time to answer some of y'all questions. Because you may think, I'm out here. I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Have you been to Pathways at the age of 12? <laughs> okay. We get questions from all over Twitter, Instagram, uh, Gmail, mm. voicemails, wow. of course. Our favorite, Naomi. What is that number? 323-524-7839. There is a three-minute limit, people, okay? So you got to keep it right and tight. I need you coming up top with, you know, your pronouns, your name, if you want to tell us your name, but then also, like, give me the log line of the issue, then give me your details, because sometimes y'all be getting cut off. Yes, sometimes you be getting cut is. off. I look through the, the spreadsheet that Mimi puts together. And there's a lot of notes where it says, got cut off before that question. <laughs> got cut off before the question. This one, let's do this because I think it's on theme. Okay, let's try to be on theme. Okay, we love that. Hi, Naomi and Andy and illustrious guests. I have a silly problem of my own making. How do I come out to my liberal parents? I'm a millennial cis woman, and I finally embrace the fact that I'm bisexual. During lockdown, I first came out to my cis partner of nine years, he, him pronouns, and my best friends who are also queer, then my sister, brother, and other friends, and received nothing but love and support. I know my parents will love me no matter what, so that's not the issue. It's more that our family has a hard time talking about the important stuff. For example, I'll never forget the phone call where my mom casually mentioned feeling a little sore after that minor procedure last week. Just as I was saying, I didn't know that. I heard my brother, who lived with my parents at the time, say, when did you get surgery? The reason why this is a silly problem of my own making is because I meant to come out to my parents earlier this year before my first public reading of my writing. 
the event was for my novel writing class for LGBTQ plus authors, so I knew the jig would be up as soon as they saw the event page. But then my sister got engaged around that time, and the spotlight was understandably on her and her fiancé, so I just never got around to coming up. My parents and siblings attended my reading and were very supportive, but in classic Irish Catholic fashion, we did not talk about the elephant in the room about why I took the class to begin with. Uh-huh. I am a defensive person by nature who hates confrontation. My parents were clearly not pleased with my decisions to get a tattoo and dye my hair purple this year, now that I've entered my socket era, and I had to justify why these surface level things made me happy. It's weird to be a grown-ass adult and feel like you're being admonished by your parents, a feeling I know you both can empathize with. Also, my parents are liberal, and I grew to be as left as Andy during my 20s, so I often have a hard time when people don't immediately get social justice issues, which I know is unfair because I built my worldview over the course of thousands of Tumblr posts and elsewhere on the Internet. So while I wish I was gearing up for an easy, breezy conversation, I know it's going to be stilted and awkward. Some final context. I, shortly after my brother got his first girlfriend in middle school or high school, my mom said to me and my sister, I'm just glad that none of you turned out gay. We immediately pushed back on that, saying, but of course it wouldn't matter if we were, right? And the mom's defense was that life would be harder for us. She has a cousin she was close with growing up who was gay. You know, just now lives on the opposite coast, but she never mentioned his uh, sexuality until I learned it from another family member as an adult. They would have been in their 20s during the start of the AIDS crisis, so I think that's looming over my mom's perspective especially since she was also starting her nursing career at a major city hospital at that time. Um, anyways, I want to share this part of my life with my parents, but I think they won't understand. Okay. Oh, Wanting wow. to share. To, there's a lot. There's, there's a lot, a lot to i got to say, the surgery thing is that's very familiar. <laughs> Your parents love to have that. a surgery and not tell you about <laughs> they it. They love to have a oh surgery. Oh, my God. Oh, it, surgery. And then weeks later. Elective like, surgeries or <laughs> no. like serious surgery? Oh, serious oh my mom's surgery. constantly getting breast implants. Just new, <laughs> new larger ones every <laughs> No, 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 just like, like my dad had, uh, like, a, a biopsy on a possible oh my melanoma. Gosh. And I, no, no, it was melanoma oh, it and was. they removed it. Oh, that's what it was? And oh he just comes in, we, like we were having, they were coming to New York to have dinner with us, and he just comes in with a bandage on his head, and we're like, what the fuck? No. Yeah. And, and, it's, and then, the one I remember was, it was some story about the past, where he was like, oh yeah, that was tough, because I had just had my prostate surgery. And no. intestinal. He had intest. He had uh, uh, like polyps or something. Anyway, the but point it was something is, where you go, something. wait, when did you have surgery? Yes. Like he just like brought oh that up in the past, God. where like you would have been in your twenties. Yes, and they like yeah, a lot of like having surgery and just not telling people. Is, yeah, yeah, they love that, to not tell yeah, you. That's number one. Yeah, yeah. that's wow. I Well, but then too, it's funny because it's like you know. This person you're saying, like, my parents are liberal and they're accepting, but then it also sounds like perhaps when it comes to at least this area, they're not as accepting. Yeah, yeah. I would say I would say liberal is just uh, a shade over at this point <laughs> from conservative. Just like we just want we just want banks to be slightly nicer to gay people. <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah. Well, I will say one to the caller, like I've seen many people change and be open and Mm -hmm. they do sound overall like I can see their parents coming around. And I think like what it's always fear and it's weirdly like their way of showing love and the initial reaction is fear. Even what the mom said about like a harder life. I do feel like it's coming from love, but in order for any of that to happen, you got to say the stuff first and I found for myself personally, saying the words, it's, you will have a heart attack. It's the worst feeling. And if I were to do it differently, I would write a letter. 
And I would, you just have more time to like eloquently say what you want without someone else reacting. But like I would hand the letter, be in the room next door and then have a conversation after they read the letter. Um, that would be my advice. Cause I feel like you can get it all out in the most kind of succinct, beautiful way that you want to. You can, cause it's never going to sound good when you start saying it out loud. It's going to sound fumbly and disastrous and like you'll be eyeing their face and seeing what they're doing and like, it's especially for a family that is not talking about things. It's just not going to go well. So I would recommend writing a letter and then having a conversation right after. Uh-huh. We'll see. I'm going to, I'm going to raise you actually, because okay. for a family that doesn't talk about things. And I kind of almost got the sense that you maybe did this on your, in the phone call, writing down what you want to say, because mm-hmm. I think if this is a family that just keeps the stuff in, yeah. you can write a letter and they can act like they never read the letter. <laughs> like they yeah, can yeah, really yeah. be like, okay, cool. Yeah. We read it. Uh-huh. Right. Right. And then it's like, so what do you want for dinner? Yeah, and I know. So I think I think you know. And here's the thing: you cannot change anyone who doesn't want to be changed. However, mm-hmm. I do think you can change how people interact with you. Yes, meaning you say, "Mom, like, okay, we get it. Your parents are repressed, or they're not emotive in that way, or they're you know they don't say it." However, you're someone who is obviously again you're taking this writing class, you're putting yourself out there. Yeah, you're 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 like okay, I'm a communicator, or at least I'm trying mm-hmm. to be a communicator. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like, if we're gonna have a relationship, you gotta at least communicate with me a little bit. Yeah, and I wonder if there's a way you can kind of be like, hey, can we sit down and talk, or rather, I have something to tell you. And then I think, and because this is what I do think too, right? As you said, the kind of nerves of waiting for a response can be. Why don't you guys just sit with this? Like I told you something, we'll sit with it. I'm going to go take a walk or I'm going to go do whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's come together tonight. Yes, you got to follow up. <laughs> yeah, like let's come back later, but they need time yeah. to process so that yes. there isn't that moment where you look at them and are like, say something, please do make yeah, it all yeah, better. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's great. got to do something. It's tough. It's tough because, again, you can't suddenly make uh, – what's the word interior people external right like you Mm -mm. they're not going to become someone new even though you're doing something that is a big deal and i think parents are hard in general or people that are older because the more you've had the same habits and you haven't changed them you become more fully baked as a person and it's really hard to break that stuff and so they may never completely change but like you can change how you interact with them or they can be better with you right and i think you know and as you said and i do think too it's like this whole idea of you know you're you may have had you may have a harder life you know that maybe that's what she felt i don't know how old you said you were now like 15 20 years ago yeah but maybe she may not feel that same way now yeah I totally <laughs> i know, I know not that it's, <laughs> it's, sure, it's sure, sure. The so easy the yeah. so much better now <laughs> yeah 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 but I, <laughs> I don't, I just, I don't know. I just think because, because one thing she just said here was she was a nurse in a major city during the onset mm-hmm. of the AIDS crisis. Yeah. It's if just... that's something that colors a lot of your view of what a gay life is. Yeah. We're in a prep world, sweetie. Exactly. So, that, so that's not necessarily, you know, so it's like, yeah, that's something that has changed for lack of the fact that the, you know, legislation and conservatism mm-hmm. said, we don't want nobody to be happy anyway, but that can, that's a different thing. That's a different conversation. Yeah. So, I think, you know, it can depend. It can depend. But I do think it's like, I think, yeah, I I think we were saying, Karin, like, write it out, kind of say it the way you want to say it, say it, and then also, like, letting it go. Now, I'm I'm not going to say, wait 30 years for them to be mean, (laughs) and then you can push back. (laughs) I ain't going to say, get that much time. (laughs) 
What if you recorded a video and sent them a YouTube link? Mm. <laughs> Played in for them. Played in front of them. That way you're doing. You're saying, look, because that's too much production. I'm too, oh, no. Oh, oh, also by the way, yes, it has to have high production values. It has to be like <laughs> a, a funnier dive video, circa 2008. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm talking about. No, but like I'm trying to. Sorry, I'm just trying to think of something. Uh, you guys covered it, but I'm trying to think of like, okay, sure. what's another, what's a, I'm going to throw out a possibility. What <laughs> if you're, cause I've had to like say things to people and it gets stuck in your throat and you're like, you yeah. can't say it. You go to, 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 yeah. what if you said the thing you want to do and you did have high production values. You used, you know, <laughs> Hey, look, there's a free editing program called <laughs> Da Vinci Resolve. Okay. Learn it's to basically edit. basically Final wow. Cut Pro, but Get for free. Get Karin's partner to do the edit. Yeah. Karin yes. will come in once a week. He'll come in at the end of I'll the week. He'll come in once a week here. <laughs> Did you know my friend created The Resident and he's going yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. edit He put this, this video. video together yes. so I yeah. can talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> Which you could do it. Yeah. Do it on the set of The Resident, fake hospital. <laughs> You know, you got to get people's attention in. So at first it's like, what's wrong? Is she yeah. sick? Like, <laughs> and then she just comes out from under the sheets and she's wearing like rainbow scrubs. And um, <laughs> so what it is. Yeah. I could, see that. I could see that. Who's the main character? Ooh, I have never seen it. Um, all right. Let's just, right, Zach, let's just say it's Zach Braff. Because we all. Zach, <laughs> you calling it scrubs. Oh my gosh. Have Zach Braff. Put his arm around you. And he would do it. I feel like he would do it. Definitely. Yeah. We just rewatched the Scrubs. Just complete side note. We watched rewatched the Scrubs pilot. It is mm. near perfect. It is a really wow. good pilot. We were talking about the heyday of comedy. You know, like network comedies is what we were yes. thinking about. And really miss it. I really, really miss missing it. it. Really wondering. Yeah. It's why that- everything's resting on Abbott Elementary's shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No pressure. No pressure. But going back to this, if if maybe you are worried about that, you could put it all in a video and then play it for them in front of them. Like, don't remove yourself. Don't send them a YouTube link. Don't let it be there. Yes. Don't let it go viral. You be there. Yeah. And hope they see it. Yeah. 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 These are all ways. Yeah, there are ways to you can get this out. I don't know, I or cut them out of your life. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just coming out with possibilities. I don't know. No. Yeah, it's also like one of those things where it's like, you know your parents, right? So it's got to be one of those things. And this can be hard, I think, regardless of who you're talking to, right? When you're saying something for yourself, meaning I need to get this off my chest, you have to kind of let go of what the other person's reaction is going to be. Yeah. You can't. And, and you're doing it for yourself. Yeah, it's like, it's, and that's hard as hell, especially when it's your parents, especially yeah. when you want their like approval and acceptance. But at the same time, it's like, they're going to have the reaction they're going to have, and that has no basis on you your life or also their love for you. Like, it's like, they yeah. just don't necessarily know how to react. Cause they're not used to reacting. Obviously they're out here having secret surgeries. So like, <laughs> they're not, they're not used to having to tell people things. Uh, that has to be uh, a new show. Zazzle, it does. You I, listening? I know. It's secret screaming surgeries? Max. It's <laughs> screaming Max. Screaming Max. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Oh. Sorry. I'm just like stuck up on the whole, uh, I don't want you to have a harder life. To me, that is just like liberal, That that is like liberal homophobia. And it really mm. bothers me because they have the same homophobic feelings as conservatives. They just like dress it up in a, in like a pretty suit. And that bu- I don't that, know if I agree out. with I don't that. Know, I don't, I, but I think yes. that the idea of a harder life, like, it's funny because I'm like, I don't want you to have a harder life. 
Well, you're making it harder. You see what I'm saying? That's why you don't want me to have a hard life. You're contributing to this more difficult life. It's like, what are we saying? You're saying you don't want me to have a harder life and you out here not accepting me and lifting me up. So, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That kind of like. Okay, you got to say it better. You got to make it pithy if you're mm-hmm. going to say it, Auntie. Mm-hmm. You're sounding very conservative right now. As you're saying. <laughs> I'm sounding conservative. <laughs> <laughs> Me? Yes. Yes. I'm yes. sounding unempathetic. <laughs> <laughs> and I told that's, you. That's a conservative no, tinge. That's, that's it, a conservative yes, exactly. Tinge. That's the tinge. Exactly. That's unempathetic. The un. You don't want to be anything on. Uh, I'm from the other to. side. <laughs> I'm unempathetic from the other side. <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not taking no, 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 no. I'm not taking this. Wow. Yeah. Andy said, Andy said Jared wow. Hughes. Yeah. Hard, the anger, you... anger is not helping. <laughs> oh, you're spiking that mic. It is not helping. <laughs> oh my God, Karen, 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 Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. This of was course. so wonderful to get to talk to you, get to know you, to learn about pathways. <laughs> and um, I will be looking them up, try to enroll in a six-week program. <laughs> yes. perhaps, as, perhaps as an adult, it won't be as traumatized. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, God. I can just feed you toast and unsweetened uh, <laughs> jam if that's what you yeah. want. <laughs> yeah, but that's the I thing. Is, like, I you can find it in LA. Yeah, you'll oh, find yeah, someone sweetened yeah, <laughs> some jam and some steamed vegetables. You can find it. Oh, yeah, I could like easily do that in LA, but it's like hard because you would have to take my phone away because I will be ordering. Like if yes. I had my phone at Pathways, I'd be like, Postmate me. I'm in the field. <laughs> <laughs> Meet me in the field. Uh, yes. There's no address. It's just they dropped a pin. <laughs> Uh, Okay, you guys, I hope you enjoy this episode. We'll see you next week. Bye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.